Welcome! I'm Yuan Nielsen. And I'm Lincoln Murphy. And this is Impact Weekly. We're here to help you make your customers successful. Each week, we answer your most pressing customer success management questions by relying on our years of experience with companies around the world. Let's get this going. Hey, this is Lincoln. Okay, so Johan and I set out to record a standard 30-minute episode. But this topic, five traps for CSMs to avoid and how to do that, was just so fun to talk about, we ended up going a full hour. After some creative editing, we got it down to like 54 minutes. Still too long for one episode. So we broke it into two. Now, before we jump into the first part of this conversation, I'll just say that much of what we touch on here is covered in depth in our next training program at Impact Academy. That's all about success plans. It starts on March 4th, 2024, and a link to learn more and sign up is in the show notes or description for these episodes. Okay, so here we go with part one of the super fun conversation on the five traps for CSMs to avoid and how to do that. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Impact Weekly. A new week, a new question. Uh, quite fun one this time. We got this uh, the other day. What are the biggest traps you can fall into as a CSM, as a customer success manager? And of course, the follow-up is how and how to get out. Yes. <laughs> That's the important part, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We could just mention the traps, but... but that's, <laughs> You're on your that's own. Also... And there are traps, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. For sure. Even, and I think we were talking before we went on, we to set some boundaries for yeah. this question, right? You'd laid out a few for us. Yes. I think to narrow it down a little bit. So let's first of all, assume that you work in a real company with a real product and we like take off the table that you, you're do, trying to do customer success at the company with a non-working or non-existing product or a fake product or like we, we were talking, joking about having working in a, in a Ponzi scheme set <laughs> setting right. or something like that. Yeah. But those are, of course, uh, those, we, we take those off the table. So we assume you, you are in a um, established company as well. So it's not a startup. We covered that in the last episode. So yeah. if you, if you need help around starting up uh, a customer success team in a new company, uh, check out our previous episode. So we, we established company, you have a real product, you have a, it's a real brand and a company and so on. So we, we assume those things. And then also we thought about doing it a little bit like a, to also narrow it down a little bit to do like a top five here. So our top five traps, I think, could be fun. And also the ranking here. So the ranking we made, the ones that we, we basically listed the ones that we think have are most common traps and also the ones that we believe have the biggest upside if you uh, get out of them and, and, and are aware of them, basically. That's what I think that's uh, the main thing here as well. For sure. Yeah. This, so this is not an exhaustive list, uh, but I think as you, you start to get almost diminishing returns as you start thinking of all the different traps, because these are the, yeah. as you said, Johan, these are the things that are very common, unfortunately, very common. But mm-hmm. if you are able to work past them, the impact can be significant. So that's, that's good. So I think this is a, it's going to be a very helpful list. Exactly. So let's dig in. 
The first one here, I'll take that one. It's a very common one, and we probably mentioned it several times in previous episodes, but I think it's worth mentioning again, and also what we're going to talk about, how do you get out of it? But it's this firefighting uh, mode, basically, where you are only or more or less only focusing on win-backs, trying to turn around canceled customers, churned customers, and you spend like the majority of your time uh, doing that, basically. If only the firefighting you were doing as a CSM was as noble and heroic as the firefighting actual firefighters do. (laughs) This is not that. This is where you're just spinning your wheels, right? You're just constantly doing things that are just not moving anybody forward. You, your team, and certainly not your customer. So I think you mentioned in in a previous episode, I can't remember exactly how many episodes ago this was, but you mentioned something also about sh- the the sharpening the saw analogy, which yeah. is which I think was good. Can you just remind us what that is? Yeah, no, but it, I think so. It's like a classic story where you have you're basically chopping up wood or sawing up wood and you have your saw there and you work away day out day in and just using your saw and uh, you never take the time to to sharpen it basically because you're so busy you wanting to uh use the saw basically so that that's i think and i think we talked in that scenario we talked about how you basically as a customer success manager or as a head of customer success you need to make sure that your team advances their skills and their competence right and i think what's what, why this is a trap this firefighting is because you're busy and doing important things because you know that the job of the customer success team is to keep the customers right and now you're like winning back and you're trying to win back customers you spend your time there but why it's a trap is because it's this vicious cycle right so you will if you spend your time doing that you will miss out doing proactive work and customer success work what we call the high percentage activities which means you will have more win backs to do so it's like something you never get out of so i think that's why this is a trap that you Everyone wants to save a customer and, and turn around a customer. But if we spend the majority of our time there, that's the thing we will keep doing because we will uh, do the same mistake on and on, basically. Right. With, with one sort of very clear and common outcome is you don't end up saving the customer. We, because we're not taking the time to sharpen the saw, in, in, improve our skills, which, by the way, you can take our fundamentals program uh, through Impact Academy. It's free. Yeah. So you should totally do that. Take time to to sharpen your saw. But Mm. also just the fact that we're in that constant, this this vicious cycle of Mm. not actually doing anything that's leading to the desired outcome of our Mm. customers. We're not doing anything to further their progress towards their goal. We're waiting until they're they have one foot out the door or maybe they're they're already gone and we're trying to get them to come back, which is just probably not going to work. So you, you mentioned the high percentage versus low percentage activities. And yep. so we always talk about focusing your attention on those activities that has a, a higher percentage likelihood of success. Okay. Nothing's guaranteed. No matter what we yep. do, there's no guarantee that anything is going to work a hundred percent of the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But I can guarantee you that if you're spending your time just trying to save a customer 
that has mm. already made the decision to leave, mm. that is not going to work very often. No. We were talking before we went on the analogies yes. that I like to use yeah. from jujitsu. Yeah. In, in jujitsu, one, one of the goals is to try, really try to choke the other guy out. Yeah. And there's this, people always ask the question in, in training, what do you do when, the, when your opponent is behind you and they have their arm around your neck and they're mm. squeezing really tight and mm. you're starting to pass out? Like, how do you get out of that situation? The answer is you tap on them and tell them basically that you give up. Because right. once that that once that choke is in, yeah, it's very difficult to get out of it. Now you can try. You can try mm. to pull on their arm, and you can try to mm. move your body, mm. and and mm. maybe that'll work. But actually, what happens usually is you end up making it easier for them to sink it in even more because where you're moving around, you raise your chin up, and then you've exposed your neck even more, and they sink it in even more. So the really annoying answer that yeah. more advanced practitioners will tell newer students who say, how do I get out of that? They will say, don't, don't get into that in the first place. Don't let them sink that choke in in the first place. Yep. Don't let somebody put their arm around your neck. Yeah. And that is the most annoying thing you can hear, especially after you just got choked out. Right. Exactly. Like, but um, they say, look, if it's in real tight, you tap out you, and you mm -hmm. live to fight another day. Because exactly. if you don't, you're, you're going to pass out. And if this were a real fight, something really bad could happen. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. It's okay. You have customers that are on their way out. You can fight it. You can do, you can spend all of your energy, all of your time yeah. trying to get that one customer who is, is already out the door to, mm. to come back. Mm. Or you can tap out, let them go, and mm. then put all of your energy into not getting into that situation in the first place. Move yes. upstream go earlier in the customer life cycle. What can we do to make, mm. the, make sure that customer is successful? I know in the moment, or especially right after you, you've been choked out, it's really annoying to hear, don't let, just don't let that happen to you. Yeah. But, but that's, that's the easiest way to, to, to get out of a choke is to not into one in the first place. But we did talk about something before we went on that I think we wanted to mention here that's actually applicable to customer success. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be choking your customers. No matter how much sometimes we want to, sometimes you get the urge. But, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But one thing we talked about is, okay, so you're in this situation. How do we get out of it? How do right. we get out yeah. of it? Yes. One thing we can do is, again, we may have to tap out mm. so we can live to fight another day and we can put our energy in other places. But what that actually means in, in this situation is we can take a look at the customers that are on the verge of, of churning, super at risk, and we can do an a success potential analysis on those customers. Yes. Right. Just go through those customers and say, which one of these customers or which ones of these customers have mm. success potential? Means that if we put effort into them, if we were able mm. to get them back on track, then perhaps we could unlock that potential and they could actually be successful with us. Mm. The customers that don't have success potential, what we would call bad fit customers, mm. those are definitely the customers at that point that we want to just let go because there's no point in trying to save them anyway because they're yes. never going to be successful. So now we at least have some way to prioritize. So if you're in this yeah. situation, especially if you've been tasked with this, sometimes yeah. that is the case. Save those customers. All right, let's try to take this relatively low percentage activity, which is mm. trying to save customers, and make it as high, high percentage 
as we can. And that's by focusing on, the, on those customers that have true success potential. So that's one thing yeah. that you can do that's very tactical. But again, ultimately, you want to make sure that you're taking time to sharpen your saw, sharpen your yeah. skills, taking time for professional developments that, so that you can mm-hmm. then apply that to what you do and yeah. also make sure that you're working your customers earlier in their life cycle through all of the, the success plan and, and having progress milestones and being able to intervene if they go off track and all of that stuff. So yeah. they don't get to this point in the first place. And this is huge. And this, what we see here is also that when you move away from being the, in this firefighting mode all the time and we're working earlier, it's not only that you have a high percentage of retaining the customer, but you also set them up for expansion because if you're in firefighting mode, you do more or less no expansion. Uh, so it's, it's both high percentage activity in terms of retaining the customer, but it's also improving your, your NRR, uh, net re- revenue retention, by doing the right things that set the customer up for more things they can do in your product, and by that, usually expanding as well. So this is, this is the real upside as well in this. Just real quick, talking about NRR there. The other thing is, let's be honest, a lot of times in order to save a customer, we have to give them some sort of concession, usually a discount. So mm-hmm. now you're saving customers. So maybe your customer logo churn looks better, mm. but your contraction has increased because now the customers are staying, but they're paying us less yeah. for the privilege. So it's just, yeah. it's not good all around. So we want to make sure that we're doing things the right way. So just don't get into that situation in the first place. Yeah. So that was number one. What right. do we have in the number two here? Number two is having a lack of confidence. The trap mm. is having a lack of confidence. And right there may seem like, well, what am I supposed to do about that? Like, yeah, I, how, how do you, if I don't have confidence, I don't have confidence. A few things, and we'll talk about the solution in a second, but let's talk about what not having confidence actually does. So number one, if you don't have confidence going into a meeting with your customer, that confidence that you should have is not going to transfer mm-hmm. to the customer. That's how we need to think about confidence. If you have confidence, yeah. it transfers to the other person, right? right. I, I like to think of it that way. If I go into a meeting and I don't have confidence, the other person's not going to have confidence in me, or at least in my ability to help them. They might not, yes. have, they might not have confidence in me as a person, but in this context, they're all of a sudden questioning whether or not I'm actually the right person to help them. Interestingly, that lack of confidence that you have that is going to cause the customer to not have confidence in you is then going to be made even worse by this need to be a people pleaser. Yeah. You're going to basically start doing whatever the customer wants, listening to them, letting them guide the situation, guide, guide the meeting. Um, you are going to try to just make them happy mm. because you don't have that confidence to be able to say to them, no, that's not the right way, or this is a better way to do it. And so it's just, again, we're talking about you know, vicious cycles here, right? And that's what Traps. happens. Exactly. You get trapped in this and you, and you can't get out. Mm. And so not having confidence is, is a really big deal. Now, what we tend to do, and we talk about this in our Impact Academy training, but what we tend to do is we, we actually look at that type of confidence that we're talking about there as subjective mm. confidence. Okay. Yeah. So it's the kind of confidence that just doesn't, it's not based on anything. Mm. 
anything real, anything concrete. It's really based yeah. on how you're feeling that day. Mm. So yeah. if you're just not, you're just not feeling it today and you go into mm. a meeting with a customer, they sense that you're just not feeling it, but they actually sense that you don't have confidence. And because you don't have that confidence, you start doing these, going into people pleasing mode and whatever. This is bad, but it's not, but be, because it's not based on anything, the next day you might go into a meeting feeling super confident and mm. that's great, right? Until the customer yeah. says something to you that throws you off. Mm. And now you thought you had this confidence and it's now you're like taken aback by what they, by the request they made or whatever. And now your confidence is gone. So subjective confidence is, is fleeting. It, it comes and goes. And I think like one way how, how this lack of confidence manifests is that you will have, you will be not talking to the more senior people on the customer side. Um, you have, you will talk to one person that you're confident with, like the people you know better. This, that, these are symptoms, I think, of, of yes. when you actually, when you're in this trap, right? And no, I love that. Yeah. We see this a lot in our programs, right? That, that one of the biggest questions, the most common questions we get is, how do I talk to a CEO or CFO um, or CMO, whatever? All these higher level stakeholders that you really need to usually talk to to understand the customer's goals and what they're trying to achieve. That's what a lot of customer success managers are struggling with and they, they want help with. Yeah. And this is where, why, why this uh, lack of confidence is, uh, is a big thing. Yeah, I love that. I don't love that happens, but I love that you brought that up. You're right. So when we, so that feeling of comfortability with maybe somebody quote unquote at your level, right? So mm. your point of contact, you're comfortable with, maybe you know that you know more than them. Mm. So you, you feel right. confident. And then as soon as it's, they're going to bring in their boss or their, some, an executive from their organization, you realize, oh no, mm. I don't belong here. This, mm. You get an imposter syndrome is a mm. symptom of this, right? Exactly. Where you're like, I'm a bit out of my league here. I'm, this isn't good. So that's the trap. Like this lack of confidence will, will keep you from having the meetings that you need to be having. It'll keep you from mm. having the, helping your customers make the progress they need to make. How do we solve for that? We have this concept in, in Impact Academy called objective confidence. It, it's a, it's an absolute game changer for CSMs, for anybody, honestly, this isn't just yeah. a customer success thing. And the basic framework of it is that you do some, some analysis of your qualifications and like why objective, like obje I'll give you, I'll give, tell you real quick, the origin story of this. I, I think I've said it before on, on this pod, but I was invited to speak at a conference in, in Brazil. Not that long. It's yeah, time flies, but it wasn't that long ago, like 2018. And really big conference. They brought me down for this. So like they, they brought me from the United States to Brazil to speak at this conference. They believed that I had something to say, right? So like, right, right there, that's something. But I got into the, the green room or whatever. Yeah. It was like a kitchen off the yeah. stage. <laughs> yeah. And I was up next and I lost all confidence. Like right. this wave of just... Who am I? Why do I belong here? What have I ever done? Why would anybody mm. want to listen to me? Yeah. Just washed over me. And it was like, it was debilitating. And mm. I'm supposed to go on in five minutes. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, I was like, this, I can't, 
this is not good. So I, I pulled out my phone, I opened my my notes app, and I just was like, and this is, sounds crazy, but I was like, what have I done to deserve to be here? So I just started writing down, okay, here's my contributions to the customer success industry. Here's the results that I've gotten with my clients. Yeah. Here are the a few examples of people that I've helped. Yeah. And it wasn't to boost my ego or anything like that. It was just to say, no, dude, you, you deserve to be here. Get out mm. of your own way. Like you don't, what you're thinking mm. right now doesn't matter. There's people out there that are sitting there in the audience that need to hear what you have to say. And it helped. Yeah. Yeah. Did I feel better? Not initially, but what it did mm. is it got me over that hump. It, it yeah. raised objective confidence to the point where exactly. I was like, okay, I can do this. I deserve, I, there's a reason that I'm here. Yeah. But what was interesting is as I was going out on stage, just having that boost in objective confidence really did start to elevate that subjective side of things. It mm. was from there that I thought, oh my gosh, I think this would work for the CSMs that I work with who are telling me that they run into that same situation, everything that we just talked about. And I said, all right, okay, so you take an inventory of your qualifications, why mm. you deserve to be here. Um, mm. The company hired you, they put you in this yep. position, they believe mm. in you. And then yes. you also go through this whole process of making sure that you're prepared for the meeting that you're going to have yeah. and all of that. And other customers happened, that you helped, like exactly. similar situations. Having those customer stories in your back pocket when you go into a meeting as part of your prep work, we pull those things together. Look, if you're not feeling it, if you're, mm. if you're still subjectively not super confident, you can say, here's what another customer did that's, that has the same characteristics as you, that similar goals. You don't yeah. have to believe me. Exactly. Believe this other customer. Right? So yes. there's this whole preparation framework that we go through. Mm. And then because this is what's really cool, because you've done that inventory, because you are, are prepared for the meeting, mm. you can actually be present on the call or in the meeting with your customer, yeah. which means you can be in active listening mode. And yeah. it's pretty cool because if you're not prepared, you're scrambling to to think to figure out what we're actually talking about today. You didn't do exactly. your research. You're doing that while you're yeah. on the call. Yeah. You're not hearing yeah. the customer. They're saying things to you right. that are important. So anyway, the objective confidence framework is something that we teach in Impact Academy. But regardless of whether you learn it from us or just pull something together for yourself, think about that. Like, how can you just objectively elevate exactly. your confidence so that when you go into meetings with customers or you sit down to write that email, or whatever mm. it is that you need to do that's going to help the customer. Like it's going to, yeah. you're going to be coming at that from a position of confidence. But yeah, objective confidence is just a total game changer for CSMs, exactly. for heads of CS as well. Because yeah. heads of CS going into a meeting with the CEO, they run into this exact same scenario. So. Definitely. And also for their team to be able to pick who, who has in my team, who do I need to boost their objective confidence to yes. have an understanding of the concept and to train and work with your team there because i think this is sometimes the gap if your team is not performing as you want i think a lot of times this is going to be actually the root cause to that that some of them are actually not they're lacking confidence they won't say that that this is also a big right. part of this they won't bring it up themselves they might even pretend and they have this they will pretend that they have confidence but actually that's why they're avoiding certain meetings. They're avoiding certain customers right. and they're, that, right. that's also a part of this. I think sometimes, sometimes it's totally the CSM not wanting to admit this, but sometimes that they're not aware, like, yeah, they don't know this is what's going on. And so as a head of customer success 
or if you run a team in a customer success organization, being able to spot these patterns, look for the things that are an indicator of a lack of confidence and be able to coach appropriately. Like right now, as we record this, we're in week one of our head of customer success training at Impact Academy on how to build. And so week one is leadership. Week two is management. Week three is coaching. And mm. we cover objective confidence in week three, where we help heads of customer success spot these patterns and then coach their CSMs to, yeah. to be more confident. So this is one of those things th that is a huge trap that if you solve for it, total game changer. So yes. it's really impactful to, to your success and to everybody else's success in, that you're working with, your team, yep. your customer, everybody. Hey, Lincoln here again. So that was part one. And you definitely don't want to miss part two where we continue with traps three through five. Follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss that episode when it drops next week. And remember, our Impact Academy training program on success plans starts on March 4th, 2024. A link to learn more and sign up is in the show notes or description for these episodes. Talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want to bring your customer success to the next level? Check out Impact Academy. We have training programs for customer success managers and for leaders in customer success. Thank you.